We're back. And one of the high points of our week each week is our visit with the great Gordon Chang, one of our country's preeminent experts on the Chinese Communist Party and what it is up to in China and what it has in mind for the rest of us around the world. He's the author of numerous exceedingly important books, including The Coming Collapse of China and most recently The Great U.S.-China Tech War. You can find his writings, among other places, at Newsweek and at the Gatestone Institute. And you can follow him, as I do, at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Gordon Chang, it's good to have you with us, sir. Welcome. Thank you so much, Frank. So much to talk about, so little time. Let's start with the biological weapons program of communist China. I We don't know a lot about it, but there does seem to be growing evidence that it is real, it is aggressive, and it has some very ominous designs in mind for, well, various ethnicities around the world, including people of the United States. Talk about what we do know, Gordon, and what we should take away from that knowledge. There was a recent report in The Australian, which is the paper based in Sydney, about a 263-page dossier, which is essentially a book about uh, China's biological weapons program and its planning for World War III. Uh, some people uh, criticize the um, or, well, they they know it's 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 authentic, but they uh, criticize whether it is official or not. But there is one thing we know, Frank, and that is China's National Defense University puts out a publication called The Science of Military Strategy. And in the 2017 edition of that, they talk about a new type of biological warfare. Now, this is official. And um, in that, they also mention, quote, specific ethnic genetic attacks, which means developing pathogens that would leave the Chinese immune and sicken everybody else. There's growing evidence that China has a biological weapons program. And I'm sure that in the not too distant future, that is something that we will conclusively determine that the program does exist. It does exist, and it is illegal. And I think that's a point that is not often mentioned in connection with these revelations, Gordon. The Chinese are party to a convention on biological warfare and weaponry that explicitly precludes its signatories from having such capabilities. And yet, they obviously have. They've built you know, infrastructure, including, it seems, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, from which we increasingly, I think, have a consensus, uh, was likely the source of the CCP virus. And we're just, um, it seems not at this point, uh, remotely holding the Chinese accountable for illegal as well as highly dangerous activity, right? Yes. China is a signatory to the Biological Weapons Convention. That convention has no inspections regime. And we should be clear here that the line between uh, a biological weapons program and permitted uh, research into biological weapons for defensive purposes is a very thin one. And China has gone over that line because it has a determined program from all that we can tell. Um, I believe that we should not be a party to that convention unless there is an inspections regime, because at this point, uh, China is going fast in this area. And remember, it's it's not just um, the development of pathogens. We know that China is collecting and massing DNA. Um, they are preventing the transfer of Chinese DNA out of China. And uh, as we have said before, 
if you want to find the largest collection of DNA profiles of Americans, you will not find that in our country. That largest collection of DNA profiles of Americans is in China. And that should give us concern because of what the Chinese are doing with our DNA. Yeah. And what they may well do um, as a result of the research that that uh, big data uh, enables them to uh, to pursue in the way of these ethnically configured uh, biological agents, perhaps. Gordon, let me turn to another weapon that uh, the Chinese seem to be involved in using against Americans, uh, as well as the biological kind. Um, tell us what we know about these so-called sonic weapons, um, where they have been used uh, that implicate the Chinese and others, their friends, by the way, um, like the Cubans and the Russians, um, and what the effects of these particular weapons are. Well, Cuba, China, and Russia have been using sonic weapons against American officials and diplomats for decades. Uh, we know of the incident, of course, in Havana at the end of 2016, as well as the incident in Guangzhou, the southern Chinese city, uh, causing brain injuries to American diplomats in um, spring of 2018. Um, the U.S. imposed no costs on Cuba or China. That would be the Obama and Trump administrations. So we shouldn't be surprised that there are now sonic, sonic attacks on American officials on American soil. 2019, 2020, we have um, sonic attacks against NSC officials, one on the South Lawn of the White House, the other in Arlington, Virginia. There are also uh, indications, and this is unconfirmed, Frank, but there are indications that there have been sonic attacks on uh, employees of U.S. companies, um, especially abroad in China. Um, and this is an area where we need to learn a lot more. For instance, we don't know who was responsible for the 2019 and, and 2020 attacks, but you know we shouldn't be surprised. If we do nothing about the earlier ones where we knew who the culprits were because those Cuba and China run near total surveillance states, no one could have launched a sonic attack on their soil unless the regimes knew about it. You know, if we don't do anything about that, well, of course, the, our enemies are going to be emboldened and think they can attack Americans on America. The story here, Frank, is not that the, the Cubans and the Chinese and the Russians are, you know, criminals. It's that we are not protecting our own officials and diplomats and maybe our own corporate employees. So this is shame on us. Well, I don't want to let them off the hook for being criminals. They are indeed, as we've discussed before, Gordon, I think it's uh, accurate to describe the Chinese Communist Party, especially as a transnational criminal organization. And these sorts of crimes against humanity uh, are just a small sample of uh, what they are doing in vastly larger uh, quantities and uh, of people affected, of course, in the genocide in uh, Xinjiang and so on. Um, but Gordon, very quickly, uh, these attacks on the White House grounds, for example, um, that's stunning to me. Uh, and we we know that it was an attack because the the symptoms were immediately evident. I, I thought in many cases in these other places where this has taken place, it, it, uh, there was a passage of time and it became unclear you know, what prompted uh, the symptoms. Uh, this is, sounds different. Well, in the China case, um, the, the victims heard loud, sonic, piercing noises. They heard it over a period of time and they suffered brain injuries. 
Um, we have no report on injuries from the 2019 and, and 2020 attacks on our soil, but um, the targets there did hear a similar loud piercing noise and then experienced uh, symptoms, um, though they were mild in our case, uh, perhaps because they were not sustained attacks uh, on American soil. But as Rick Fisher, a friend of ours, has said, you know, in a wartime setting, you could see the Chinese and the Russians, maybe the Cubans, setting up sonic tra uh, trucks on the bluffs overlooking the Pentagon and just then sonic attacking the entire American military establishment before hostilities begin. Gordon Chang, one other instrument of warfare that the Chinese use with very considerable effect is the subject of uh, another of your recent uh, essays was written up in Strategica, a publication of the Hoover Institute recently, namely China's Propaganda. Uh, the subtitle of it is Ludicrous Malicious Yet Extremely Effective. Um, talk about that as an instrument of warfare and what we're doing to enable it to be used against us here in the United States? Well, China has the most expansive, heavily resourced, and sophisticated propaganda operation in the world. They have been at it for decades, but recently they have ramped up their propaganda attacks on the United States. And this is, we enable this in a sense because we allow um, China's media outlets in our country where they don't allow ours in theirs, except under very limited and restrictive circumstances. So we need to sort of enforce reciprocity here. But also we've got to understand the maliciousness of this because last year, China's propaganda um, really meant to incite violence on American streets. So that's more than just subversion, Frank, that is an act of war. And there are some indications that China has continued this violence inciting propaganda this year as well. This is again, our country, we permit this to happen. And what we need, of course, is for our political leaders to end this. We can end this, we have the tools to do this, but so far we don't have political will. And by the way, that's not just a criticism of the present uh, occupant of the White House. This goes back uh, to his uh, predecessors. I'm afraid you're right. We, first of all, seem to turn a blind eye to it, um, failing to understand just how insidious it can be as part of a larger influence operation campaign designed to take us down from within. Gordon Chang, thank you for raising a flare on this very important topic, as well as the others we've discussed today, as for all that you do at the Gatestone Institute and elsewhere. And again, folks, follow Gordon at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Come back to us again next week. Thank you so much, my friend. God bless you. Next up, we will be speaking with Bill Walton about H.R. 1, the worst piece of legislation in the history of our country, arguably, and what our capital markets continue to do to underwrite the Chinese communist threat. That and more right after this.